0: Hi, I'm Rod Rorick welcome back to Rorick knows podcast have you ever wondered whether removing your rib will improve your body contour I know you're waiting up at night to think about that but so the goal of our podcast is always to talk about things that are new and evolving but also things that are safe and maybe sometimes that you probably shouldn't be doing so today we're gonna to talk about rib removal. Is rib removal a new form of body contouring? And I can't think of a better world expert to talk about this than Dr. Alfredo Hoyas from uh, Bogota, Colombia. Alfredo, welcome!
1: Hi, thank you very much for the invitation.
0: You bet. And Alfredo is the world expert in, uh, in high definition liposculpture. He is truly the master. He has totally revolutionized body contouring in the world. And I mean that I, when when you see how his results have evolved, it's phenomenal. So, so Alfredo, tell us about rib removal. Is this a new body contouring procedure? And and uh, I know that people talked about it, and you know it goes back to Cher. Cher, they, they always would talk about Cher that she had rib, rib ribs removed, which I don't think she did. And now it's Kim Kardashian. You know, did she have a rib removed? I think she may have had other things removed, but I don't think ribs has been one of them so alfredo so tell me about rib removal is a body contouring procedure
1: well it's an, it's an interesting topic because as you mentioned is literally a part of what we call urban myths you know in plastic surgery right you know, it has been a myth forever you know since chair in our latin american environment there was a a very famous actress called Talia. You know, she's huh? actually uh, married to Tony Mottola, uh, owner of Sony, and uh, she had this kind of tiny waistline, and everybody said that she had the rib removed. You know, but when we started to, you know, even when I was a and I, I did a research about it, and there was nothing published, you know, nothing. Exactly. You know? And it became just uh, as it is. You know, it's like an urban myth. You know, so people say that it works. People say that he doesn't exist. He's even like a ghost. (laughs) And yeah, so it it was interesting because, you know, during my career, I remember like maybe, you know, 15 years ago, I saw a lady with a couple of incisions, like very big incisions in the frontal area, you know, very visible and deformating. And she said that it was uh, designed by a doctor for removing the ribs to enhance the waistline. And the other thing that it did was a deformity. So maybe I I run into a a plastic surgeon, his name is Juan Pedro Verdugo. And it is a very interesting story because his story is that he was a general surgeon. Uh, He had access for posterior uh, neurosurgery of the spine. So he actually had to remove some of the ribs sometimes for gaining access to the lateral posterior portion of the spine. And uh, he designed his own way to do it, you know, especially 10, 11, and 12, you know. Okay. Uh, what we know is that removing anything more than 11 and 12 can actually cause either pain and instability of the thorax. But what he did was actually converting this, uh, what we call organ made into, into something that actually worked. I, I've been following his work for some years, and he's a very close friend of mine, and you know, I decided to see. okay, maybe it's too much. But what we know, especially in body contouring, is that there are certain patients that no matter what you do, they're not going to change the waistline. Right. And for us, waistline is a very important, can we say a key important step into what we consider the beauty of our body. You know, right. So, having a small waistline equals beauty. You know? so that actually is get me to start in this kind of endeavor, you know, seeking for for the right procedure. Because you know, even for me, rib removal is a little bit too much in some patients. You know, specifically because it demands a lot of technical skills. It demands a lot of time as well. You know, it demands you know maybe an hour, an hour and a half per side additional to the surgery. So what I encountered maybe a couple of years ago, it, just before COVID, I found about another kind of uh, urban myth. There was a, a orthopedic surgeon that was doing what we call a corticotomy. So he's not removing the rep. He's just doing like a this kind of green stick fracture and doing an infracture. And I decided to pursue it, you know. So I started to literally doing some detective work about, around it, and we actually found him in, in Moscow. And uh, some of his trainees, is, one is a plastic surgeon who lives there, but he's Latin, and he actually went to the apps last year and presented his work. Yeah, is this
0: so? Is this the Russian plastic surgeon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's a Latino. He's a, he's from Quito, Ecuador. Okay. Yeah, but. He has been, you know, he lives in Moscow. He has been doing his residency and all his training there. And he decided to stay in in Russia. But the work that he showed was amazing in terms of the first of all the results. The second, how easy was to perform in terms of reliability and how easy was to do the surgery itself. You know, he actually showed a video of a girl. Lying down in the bed, she was texting, you know, she was under local anesthesia, you know, texting somebody else, you know, and he was doing the surgery with a small saw in the, literally in the consult room. Right. Now, this was...
0: yeah, and this was done under local. And this was the gentleman. And basically, what he did, he did three small incisions, and then he, uh, he basically, infRACTured the rib. Right? He just did a corticotomy, and I mean, and he infRACTured the ribs. Which was it? 10, 11, and twelve?
1: No, it was actually in in some patients. What what we have started to do is to develop some science around it. You know, because it was, you know, the the part of the myth and the part of the. Um, a little bit of the secrecy about it being right. allowed to have like a something that was more steady in terms of the signs behind it so what we discovered is that you know in some patients just the 12 is enough really what we need is anyway some imaging so we actually need a cat scan with 3d reconstruction to see what are the reps that are that are there in you know the anatomy and how long are they you know i have seen for instance in uh, several patients that they have a very long T12 and the other one is very short. So they actually need it in just one of the sides, not in oh. joke. And in some others, especially when they're doing sex, um, sex change surgery, you know, turning a man into a woman, they have to be more aggressive. So I actually, they do 10, 11, and 12. But mm-hmm. the average is just doing 12 or 11 and 12. You know, that's the average work that we do in a, in a female patient
0: and that's really you're just you're just infracturing the the rib you're not taking it out right
1: yeah. yeah yeah that's that's what is interesting what is the downside of that you know it for us i think you know i we haven't seen non-unions but uh what i think is the older the patient, the more risk of having like a non-union for instance or having like chronic pain or having right. like a Having a a problem with the with the, um, the skeleton in that sense in terms of the healing of the fracture.
0: Right. Uh,
1: what we haven't we haven't seen a lot of these problems. We haven't seen any pneumothorax, thank God. But you know, the ideas refining the skills will also make us to refine the way that we diagnose it and how we make the surgery. So. The idea is to scale a little bit into, into the steps and doing also ultrasonic guidance. We do ultrasonic mapping in intra-OR, and we actually know with some of the signs that we can see with the ultrasound if the work is good or if it still needs to be something to be done. On the other side, the idea is to take also a further step forward in terms of what happened, or what would it happen if we have a non-union? So yeah. what we design is a procedure that actually includes doing uh, osteosynthesis with special materials. You know, there there already you know the the plates for doing uh, osteosynthesis in the ribs. They already exist. Wow! So the idea is that we we already did a little bit of story, uh, uh, some studies still in how to make it work in terms of making more stable from day one because. Right the economy alone requires to have like external fertilization you know it requires a corset, right for a, for a period of time usually eight weeks eight weeks yeah
0: oh, so wow. that's it
1: that's, that's the idea a, that's a, you, know, you trade a, one yeah. procedure that is smaller for a longer period of recovery you know
0: right so what are you currently doing so so alfredo so are you saying this is actually probably a viable technique in addition to the to the high definition lipo in selected patients, that this is a viable, safe technique that's evolving, is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: yeah I think you know. I, I think we need to take out this procedure from the urban myth theory and the circus theory. Right. This is the you know that is performed by, by uh, surgeons that are not safe or stuff like that. And you know what we are studying is to gathering all these surgeons and gathering all this data. And showing it, you know, so the ideas and the next publications that we're going to do are based on these, you know, multicentric studies. We have already, like, condensed more than 500 patients with different techniques. So the idea is to show this to the world as a safe, reliable, and also reproducible type of techniques. And the idea is to show not only one option, but three options.
0: Really? Well, what are those options to do that you would currently tell me about?
1: So one is the rib removal. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the rib removal. Usually it, it comprehends also 10, uh, usually 11 and 12. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about the rib removal, what I have seen is that it's very stable. You know, we thought that it is not going to be stable. It is very stable. It's very painless. Really? Because it has no mobile parts. Usually the, the pain is related more to the liposuction or to the other procedures. So surprisingly enough, is not as painful as we thought. The results are quite immediate. You know? I think on the downside, you know, the idea is that it requires more time in the arm, usually, as I mentioned, or maybe an hour per site. With the skilled surgeons, you know, it requires special uh, special devices also for for doing the job. Mm-hmm. But in essence, is uh, what it is what it is what what you get, you know. So the results is immediate. It can be combined with plastic, for instance, with you know white glycations, for instance, as Dr. Verdugo does. So I think it's a new generation of these kind of procedures in terms of reducing the waistline. The second option is the corticotomy alone. Right. You know, so as I mentioned, is a very, uh, I am surprised because I'm I'm in love with the procedure because it's very effective, very easy to perform. Uh, now with the advent of the piezoelectric ultrasonic devices, uh, it's pretty safe to do it. You know, the saw is very, very accurate. So what uh, we had is to design new tips to work with it. Okay. But with the ultrasonic saw, we are pretty, pretty safe. You know? And the decision is quite small.
0: Right. And all of these have undergone preoperative scanning and ultrasound, so you know the size and amount. And then are you also fixing, you're doing it the corticotomy, but are you also fixing them or not? Yeah. So
1: the third procedure that is just, you know, the, where we are doing research is, mainly to do it as the corticotomy, but a full corticotomy, like both both layers. So we actually do the full fracture of the rep. But we don't do any dissection beneath. So the risk of having any problems is very, very low. And doing the plated ones, the I think we are what well, we are now in the stage that it is feasible. We are doing feasible, reproducible, but what we are trying to to make is how how much angles do we need in terms of the plates? You know, so okay. what is the angle ideally for 11 or 12? And right. we, how we can combine it into making a, a new procedure that is very reliable? In that sense, what we have seen in the in the patients that we have done so far is that it's quite reliable and it's not very painful. What we need right now is to make the incision a little bit shorter. you know right now we have like a two centimeter incision. So we, we're going to try also in the near future also to do it like in a smaller, uh, in a smaller ambient, a smaller mm-hmm. incision as well.
0: So how many of these patients have you done and the results have been good? Or what, do you, what what are your thoughts initially?
1: Well, in our group, you know, it's essentially me, myself, and I, I have done more than 35. You know, tomorrow I'm going to do 36 of the corticotomies. Okay. Resections, I, I have done very little, and I, I, don't, I only have done four. And really, I sweat my, I sweat my <laughs> I yeah. sweat my, my there when I do it. And on the on the other side, when we are doing is a combined procedure with, with the um, osteotomies and uh, osteosynthesis, we already have almost twenty patients, so we are getting there. When I was, uh, in terms of the group, we have a group of five doctors, and among all of them, they already have more than 500 cases.
0: And the complications have been minimal. What, what are the what are the risks?
1: Well, the risk, well, always I think the main risk that you have to be a three year of is doing a pneumothorax. So right. one of the features that we always train is how to handle a pneumothorax. You know, we always when we were doing ear reconstruction or even nose yeah. jobs with with uh, uh, with grafts, we know how to handle it. Is a little bit uncomfortable. That the idea is to to have an early diagnosis during a surgery, so mm-hmm. we can correct it right away. And so far, you know, what we thought that we are going to have you know, with a list of what are the possible complications that we could ever have, and we so far is very low the incidence. You know, mainly like unilateral pain in some of the patients, uh, patients that needed to have or do or to use uh, like the corset for a longer time. But mainly that was it. You know, it was not a very big amount of complications. Are, so,
0: are you doing uh, other procedures with it? Are you doing uh, tummy tucks and everything else with it?
1: Yeah. So it actually combines very well with, uh, with other procedures, especially tummy tucks and uh, liposuction.
0: So are you doing that uh, first? Obviously, when you have to be prone, you are doing that first and then flipping them?
1: Usually what I, I try to do is I, I go and do the... If i do doing a tummy tuck, we actually do it before. If we're doing with liposuction, I try to do it at the very end of the case.
0: Oh, at the very end, okay. Yeah. Good. And then you put them in a corset, even if you fix them, or how do you do that?
1: Yeah. So the idea is that we, when we fix them with osteosynthesis, we actually use like a milder, like a more a milder type of compression. So it's usually like a, this kind of velcro kind of uh, um, like kind of corset, but are a little bit milder. Usually wow. we use a foam vest as well. So we are actually also in the process to design like new, like new types of compression because it's a very different scenario when you're doing the resection alone, over you doing it with like a suction or any body contouring. Right. Specifically when you have a flap, so you cannot do when you have a tummy talk a mini tummy talk, you cannot do an immediate hard compression.
0: Right. So exactly. usually
1: what we replace it is with, with a foam vest that is milder. But it actually keeps the angle in place for a week. And later after a week we just trade into a, a tighter corset or something like that.
0: That's amazing. So where do you see this going, Alfredo? I mean, you're an innovator, you know, you've done so much in high definition uh, liposuction and, and you've really refined that, it, you know, and it's been a hallmark and really a game changer. So, so where do you see this fitting in? Where do you see rib removal? And I agree, it's, it's come from urban myth to reality to hopefully safety with somebody mm-hmm. like you doing it. So what, where do you see this going?
1: I think the the ideal is to make it something that is an addition to the statics in the, in the body contouring, because as I mentioned, the osseal frame or the osteochondral frame was not was untouchable in the body right. contouring surgery. So there was a missing piece still, you know, it was a piece of the puzzle that we couldn't we we couldn't fix. I think this fits perfectly in that spot. Having said that, what is important is that we know the indications about it. You know, I don't want to see this kind of girls like look like splitting half and overdoing it. You know, this kind of circus show. Right. So what I think is to we need to clarify what are the aesthetic goals of that, what are the aesthetic purpose of that. You know, because sometimes you have a, a people a person that has a very nice waistline and right. she wants more and more and more. You know, the actually at the edge of deformation.
0: Yeah, you have to say so,
1: no. Yeah, yeah. what patients should you should uh, say no to? I think the indications have to be more clear, and I think uh, the training is important. You know, having a good training, yeah. having you know, clear what are, what is the indication, how to replicate it, how to be like uh, like a, become an expert in this. So. Well, we started to doing trainings in cadavers. We did our training in cadavers last, la- last year in September. We're going to repeat it this year. And The idea is to have like a cadaver workshop as we do like in the nose job and we, as we right. do in facial, in facial surgery and get more, um, I think, adapted and comfortable with the area, getting more comfortable with the anatomy, getting com- comfortable with the tools and actually make them work.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I think uh, I'm going to probably have you demonstrate that at our Dallas Rhino Cosmetic Cadaver Dissection Course this year. Yeah, in the next. Yeah, couple yeah, weeks. That a whole yeah, idea. It's great. So I think I think what Dr. Hoyas is saying is, know before you go. And really, if you're going to think about it, it's got a specific indication. It's well-trained surgeons, and obviously Dr. Hoyas and his team is evolving and doing that, and and then teaching it to do to do it safely and also in selected patients so tell us you know what your thoughts are your comments I think a lot of this is an evolution right alfredo and and like so many other things like you know when you first started doing high definition it is so evolved now now it's a true state of the art and it's safe and you're teaching others how to do it and not just you doing it but it's amazing so and i I see this in the same pathway and i love that you're doing it because you know you're a true master of liposculpture so so what are your um take-home message for our viewers you know that are wanting to consider it should they wait should they go um, tell us what what should they do now
1: I think the first is to you know to get to know what is in there you know to get to know what is designed behind it I think we still need to do some publications uh, I think the next step is going to caliber dissections and get used to that and um, later you know I think training courses are going to be like these kind of boutique training courses are going to be amazing in terms of doing this kind right. of training
0: I agree I agree well thank you Alfredo thank you so much for joining us in Bogota it's always a pleasure to see you and we'll look forward to seeing you in Big D in a couple weeks yeah
1: I'm very looking forward to go to Dallas again it's an amazing place it's an amazing meeting so we're gonna try in the cadaver lab also to doing the RIP
0: yep that'll be awesome all right Alfredo thank you again and it's always a pleasure seeing you take care okay take
1: care have a good day bye-bye